Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production and may not be suitable for all audiences. Brothers and sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. Hey, this is me, Sugar Shane, with another episode of The Sanctuary Sweet Truth. How you doing there, partner, our co-host, Billy Dees? I am doing absolutely fantastic, man. I'm ready to conquer the world. Oh, I hear you. How you gonna go about doing that? Give me the recipe. I don't know yet. I, I don't know. You just gotta charge out there and do your best, man. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, how you doing, Jack Casey? You with us as well? I'm alright. Just digesting some uh, Cracker Barrel. We want to go have that for dinner tonight. So. That might oh, take, cool. That's probably going to take a couple of days, brother. <laughs> yeah. I like to call it the honky bucket, you know, just kind of keep it politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> I love that place, though, man. I love eating there. It's my kind of food, though. So. Oh, they have good food, and it's not, like, overpriced either. And they give you a ton of it, too, man. Yeah, that's I what I like st- about it. It's reasonable. I- I'm like laying around right now feeling like a snake that's digesting a pig. <laughs> eating like 20 pounds of food. So when was our last show? Uh, last, not this past Monday, but the Monday before that, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, you yeah. had that birthdays there. And then uh, yeah. Monday I was, an up- I was really not feeling well. So yeah. we apologize for all of the absences, but uh, hopefully we're back on track now. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you're doing better. Uh, won't go into all the details, but glad you're doing better. And we're back on the show. Yeah, it was it wasn't life or death. It was just no, a real you know no. bad weekend as far as yeah, yeah 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 not feeling well, laying around in bed and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. you'll get the images of the jaws of life coming out at you or nothing like that. It ain't, you know. No, no, no. I do want to make mention now that I know my kids really love me. I'm going to tell you a little story how I know. Me and Christina, was, right. talking, me and Christina was talking the other day, and I was telling her how that I don't ever want to live live so old or get to that place that I can't wipe my own I, you know, ass. I want to be able to you know, function on my own. I said if it ever came to that point, I am a person that believes in you know, Kevorkian style. Let's take care of it because I don't want to live under those conditions. 
Right. And uh, she said, you don't want to do that. You got your kids. I said, my kids don't want to wipe my ass. And she looked up at my kids. She said, kids. She goes, she didn't say ass. She said, well, if, your daddy, I said well, your daddy, if your daddy was old, would you wipe his butt? And both of them said, yeah. Oh, that's I, nice. I said, wow. I mean, you know, it's kind of like nasty, but at the same time, like, what? I mean, this is a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I'm like, it's all right. Sadly, yeah, that's good. Them. That's <laughs> fantastic. Now, you got to ask them when they're 18. Right. I mean, that's that's, that's what, when it's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's when it's going to count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when they get oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking. I'm, I'm not, I'm not realizing this is gonna be the same way in ten years, probably. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I realize circumstances change. <laughs> uh, I do want to make mention. No, that's, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's one of the, and I lived it. Um, having a parent uh, deteriorate, and uh, just let the audience know I'm not gonna go into details, but. Uh, you know, I had to take care of my mom, and I had a lot of help from my wife. And I'll tell you, it's very difficult. You know, it, it's kind of an odd twist of fate. You know, when when you're born, your parents change your diapers and help you, and and then in, in at the end of life, the role those roles get reversed. You know, you, you're taking care of your of your parents almost as if they were a small child, and um, I guess that's just the circle of life, man. And uh, it's a tough thing to go through. Right. Right. Uh, I do want to make mention Luke Perry died. Yeah, and he was young. Yeah, he was way young. He was about eight years older than me, dude. He was like 51, wasn't he? 52. 52. And I was like, man. I remember remember when he came on the scene with that 90210, man. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. I I used to watch it. I actually watched the first couple of seasons. Yeah. But when they started doing the boyfriend and girlfriend swapping and you know, they they supposed to be best friends, and this one would break up with this one, and they'd end up dating this one, and they're supposed to be friends, but they're dating yeah. their best friend. I, I, I said, man, I, I'm done with this. I quit watching it. Because a friend did me like that. They, they wouldn't be friends no more. <laughs> I was too young when that came out, I think. Right. Um, yeah, you were. I, I remember like seeing commercials for it, but I never actually watched it. But then again, I didn't really watch much TV growing up anyway, so, you know. I remember watching. Well, uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch it, but I, it, it was so big that you heard stuff about it all the time. Yeah, I watched that, and I watched uh, Melrose Place for a little bit. But they were both just cheesy teenager shows, and you know, and I hate the guy died, you know, and everything. But they're making it out like James Dean died here, man, or you know Leonardo DiCaprio when they talk about it from a mic career standpoint i'm not talking about from a human being standpoint and i'm like dude he did 90210 yeah i was gonna say i can't name anything else he's been in since he was in, he's in some show i think it may still be owner of off i don't know riverside yeah my girlfriend watches that riverdale it's like riverdale, a yeah, reboot of archie comics or something yeah it's pretty stupid i got about two episodes in it but watching it <laughs> Oh, uh, but uh, so I mean, I'm not knocking on the guy. I, I mean, he seemed like an all right guy for yeah. me personally. I'm just talking about the way the fans perceive him. I'm like, dude, yeah, he he, he was a good guy. He was, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's from Ohio. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I don't know what part, but that's what I heard. Um, but yeah, like I said, I hate he died. Not knocking on that, you know. 
He's actually from Mansfield, which isn't that far oh, from here. Oh, God, yeah, that's close. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, somebody told me that, um, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure about this, but his doctor um, that delivered him was was Dr. Brown, and that is the father of Sherrod Brown. And, oh. yeah, yeah, and I guess uh, uh, Luke that? Perry did some campaigning for him. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was an interesting thing there. So I've actually met Sherrod a couple times. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. I remember the first time I met him, I was doing some uh, Kent Stater story at the NPR station. And uh, he was sitting there, and I went to go sit next to him. I was like, hey, is it cool if I sit here? You know, because he's a senator. I'm not going to. Right. Uh, impose and he's like yeah as long as you don't have swine flu you're cool <laughs> That's funny. So, you know this is back when that was a big thing um he's, he's got talk- that voice he always talks like he's like he's like he's straining his voice or something yeah um so i got to meet him and his wife uh the columnist um oh what's her name pulitzer prize winner uh connie schultz oh okay okay yeah, they were both like really nice. Like, um, and Connie Schultz actually grew up about three streets away from where I grew up. He he seems like he genuinely cares about uh, you know his constituents and stuff. I mean, you know, um, I, and you know who's to say if he does or doesn't, but he certainly comes off that way. He seems like he's been very consistent his whole career. Yeah, he seemed like a genuine down to earth guy to me. I mean, you know, as I, or as I said, we sat, we kind of like you know talked about like the school and. Uh, you know, various, like, he was talking about a couple of campaign things, like, uh, healthcare was big at the time, so he was asking me about that, and, like, actually right. asking me questions about things, which was cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, real personal, down-to-earth guy. I honestly didn't get a bad vibe off him. Yeah. Uh, you did hear, I know, I know, I'm pretty sure all of you have heard by now, the DNC won't have the primary debate on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, What do you think about this? I'm going to start with you, Jack. What the, I'll start with my, end with my view. What do you think about this, Jack? What do you think? Good move or stupid move? I think I'm a, I'm kind of okay with it, honestly, because they are so wrapped up in Trump and his administration that um, you're not going to see anything, at least attempting to be non-biased, come out of it. And I mean, I know CNN and MSN, or MSNBC aren't going to be that way either, but um, I mean, if they want to exclude them, they, they can exclude them. Because Trump's excluded some uh, journalists from his thing, too, so it's kind oh, of a two-way yeah. street. True. Well, what do you think, Billy? Uh, I'm not sure who's doing the excluding, if that was a Fox News decision or if the DNC said the that DNC, they weren't going to be on Fox. DNC excluded Fox News. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Um, first of all, if, to defend Fox a little bit, they're news people, people that are actually news people. Um, they're 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 not that bad. Now now what ha- what people get confused about is their opinion shows, which are all in prime time. You know, with uh, Tucker Carlson and uh, Laura Ingram and all and Sean Handy, those are all staunch conservatives. Uh, but but they they're they're they they say they're conservatives and this is the conservative point of view. They don't uh, masquerade uh, with their program as news and give you a slant. And that's where I have a problem with things. Now, uh, MSNBC is just as far off the rails to the left. 
I can't stand yeah, I can't stand MSNBC, man. I I go through them when I'm doing you know getting together news and stuff, and I still give them a yeah. look. But there is very little I ever get from them because they are so far left. It ain't even funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. God, far left. Yeah. So and, and they're like I said when you watch their news hour, and I don't believe that MSNBC has an actual um, news hour. Uh, CNN does. Um, and here again, when you start getting into, um, um, I forget his name, the guy's on at nine o'clock. Um, he, you know, he, obviously he's a little bit, you know, left leaning. Don Lemon is certainly way off to the left. Um, but th- their news programs, if, if you stick to the, what's dedicated as news, they're generally not too far off. Um, but uh, my opinion about that is is given that their news department is is generally pretty fair at Fox um, to exclude your outreach to anybody. I don't care if you reach ten people and you, you sway their decision. That's ten people that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I, I don't know that it's 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 necessarily in your best interest to pull back on, on a huge swath of people. Well, to you me, know, it don't make Fox sense. Rate, Fox ratings are very high. Yeah. I mean, there's no debating that. Well, it don't make sense to me for two reasons. For one, you could reach into what you're considering the conservative household because who watches Fox? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So why would you not want to reach into that household? Because you're trying to get that vote. Because exactly. if, if you can persuade that vote, guess what? You get a vote for your team. Yay! It's called marketing. Well, well that's an excellent <laughs> point. Yeah, it, that's an excellent point, Shane, because if you're the Democrats, the MSNBC crowd, you already have them. Right. You all, you've already got them. So, I mean, if you're only going to debate on your own thing, who are you, deb- who are you trying to vote or are you trying to get? Right, exactly. They're already won. You've already got them. So yeah, well, we that, all know that. Makes we all sense. know the Democrats' uh, track record with uh, good decisions. You know? yeah, so. yeah. So that's my point on that. And the second reason is, is it's just it doesn't it doesn't make a good face for you to do that. If I was the Republicans, no, I wouldn't uh, take mine off CNN. I would stand my yeah. ground and just keep it on there. Absolutely. Yep. I'd be the better man, so to speak. And I'm not saying that the Republicans are the better man. But in this situation, we're having battles over who's got the better party and who's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, Shepard Smith, for example, on Fox, he's very fair. As a matter of fact, he'll come right out and criticize Trump, you know, un- unabashedly. I got to uh, say, I love watching Shep Smith on YouTube clips every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. He, he He's, you know, and, uh, you know, he doesn't get enough credit because he just gets lumped into this. Oh, well, that's Fox. But uh, they, they have some people on there that will give, you know, some ob- objective opinions uh, fairly regularly. Uh, but, you know, you have to stay away from the opinion programs. If you're watching Laura Ingram, you're a conservative. You know, you're right. far off to the right. I mean, that's just that's just it. Right. I agree. But uh, see what we get. Yeah, it just sucks that everyone's so off the rails these days that they can't be bothered to listen to each other anymore, you know? Oh, yeah, that's the problem right there. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Case Everybody stays in their own little uh, in their own little bubble. In their own little buble. Well, Manafort, 
I guess that's how you say his name. Sentenced to 47 uh-huh. months in prison. This is a, and uh, what he got charged with was, uh, sentenced for was IRS fraudulent charges and several other little things. I forget what it was. But I don't guess it was it's always the taxes, man. Yeah, it's you can always. Ask Al yeah, that's that. exactly going to say taxes, that. That's, that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. I bet when he was sitting in prison, I bet he was sitting there thinking, man, if I could have thought of a better way to cover up those damn taxes. Hell, he lived like a king while he was in prison. Yeah. But, uh,. They say his health is real bad because he's been because he's uh, been living in isolation for the last nine months. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, you know, he's a lot older than uh, what you may uh, may guess. I mean, he's built like a bull too. Um, but I was surprised when I, I, I he's up there. Yeah, the judge that he had had before this one sentenced him to isolation, solitary. Wow! He's, yeah, he's been he's been in that for the last nine months. They said it has it affected him physically and mentally. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And they say you can. A lot tell of people can't handle it. Uh, you can say they, and they say you can tell it too. They, the judge, when he was he was pleading before the judge. He had to come in with a walker and the whole nine yards. Wow! Yeah. Well, don't do illegal things, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not saying it's right, but. What I'm asking is why did she have to confine him to solitary confinement? I think it was a protective custody deal, actually. Oh. There's a lot of high-profile people. Um, you know, like, I guess uh, that Takashi 6 9 guy, he ended up in solitary. It's because they fear that other prisoners will, like, hold him for ransom, try and, uh, you know, um, cheat him out of stuff, or, or just threaten them in general. Oh. And also, like, say a cop gets arrested for killing somebody or whatever and uh, ends up going to prison, they always end up in protective custody or solitary uh, as well. Because, you know, they're a big target in the prison. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think the judge necessarily sentenced him to that. I think it was just done as a precautionary measure. Right, right. And also so that he wouldn't, um, like, uh, violate the gag orders they had on him for the trial either. So, so, yeah. so I, I don't think he, he was actually sentenced that way, but um, see, that's, a lot of times that's what they do. I didn't know he was like that, like a witness protection. No, it's not really witness protection. It's more, um, as I said, he's very high profile, so he's going to be targeted a lot more than your average Joe that goes in there for dealing drugs oh, or okay, gotcha. you know, beating yeah. his wife yeah. or whatever. Right, right. Somebody from the outside could get to somebody on the inside and have him killed. I'd get you. Yep. All right. Either out of revenge or to silence him, you know, stuff like that. Right. Y'all want to hear about some more wasted money? Oh, Oh, sure. In legal fees, Cohen is suing Trump for failed paid legal fees and damages. (laughs) That's more money he could just, he might as well go out there in the front yard and just put a whole bunch of money in the front yard and light a match to it. (laughs) Ain't no damn difference. Is he suing from jail, or is he, like, free now? I'm not really... I think he's free. I think I saw him doing interviews, or, like, people coming up to him with microphones in front of his face, unless... If I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that's played out. He may be suing him from jail. I mean, they have been known to do that. Oh, yeah, sure. How many lawsuits did uh, Charles Manson try, I believe, over his years he was in jail? 
Oh, whatever keeps you occupied, I guess. Some prisoners like the library, some like frivolous lawsuits. You know. <laughs> yeah. But. Did you uh, happen to catch any of that uh, Trump speech last weekend? I guess he was talking for like two hours at that rally. Oh, God, hell no. No, I didn't catch any of that. Yeah, he, they, they showed some expert excerpts from it. I got to tell you, he was funny. Oh, he was funny. I heard he called uh, the CEO of Apple Tim Apple. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, everybody in the world names their corporation after themselves and they become CEO. <laughs> he imitated that. going to call Bill Gates Bill Windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway he imitated that uh, uh, that attorney general that he let go what was his name that southern dude can't remember it right now um, but he imitated him he says yeah yeah, I, I, I uh, you know nominated him in, in there and then the next thing you know he uh well, I guess I should recuse myself. <laughs> and then he goes, well, you know, we shouldn't you have told me that before I nominated you? And the whole crowd starts laughing, you know. And then he then he started talking about the Democrats and their collusion delusion. <laughs> and he was going on about that. And... uh uh, he he said a couple of things that really just actually they were funny. He says, "Yeah, the, the, the collusion delusion." And he says, "You know, they just come up with one thing after another." And he goes, "And it's nothing but." And he said, "He said the word bull," and he actually said the word SHIT. <laughs> and you know, it, it's pretty bad when you can't quote the president of the United States without, without an explicit warning. <laughs> he really does think he's a stand-up comedian sometimes, doesn't he? Sometimes he's funny. He was funny. Yeah. Uh, those excerpts that they showed, those those were funny. You know, <laughs> the yeah. collusion delusion. That's what you talk about. That it goes into my next thing. Is um, apparently they're really trying to start impeachment proceedings. Some Democrats are. Yeah, yeah they've been saying that for two years now. They've dude. been trying to get the ball rolling now. And what they think they're going to do, I, I forget who they talk to. Supposed to be a political analyst, expert, or whatever. They asked him, what do you, what's he thinks going to happen? He says, they may end up doing it. He said, but I think it's a bad idea. He said, because what they're doing is they're, they've got nothing. And they're like a teenager that's driving a car. They know where the accelerator is, but that's about all they know about driving a car. He said that's pretty much what they're doing. He says they're going. They don't. They're just trying to start proceedings and then go after the evidence and find the stuff. They don't even have anything. Yeah, even with this Mueller report, most oh, they, of, got, they ain't got nothing. They, we don't know until it comes out. But um, right now, most people who who I listen to and what have you that are, are reasonable people, they're not too far right, too far left. Uh, most of them are saying that there might be some things in here that are going to be bad for his presidency, but there's going to be no smoking gun. There's going to be nothing that's going to take him out. Right. So, uh, and, and we don't know until it comes out, obviously, but uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I believe that's going down the wrong road. If, if the Democrats really need, if here again, objective analysis here, if they really want to win the White House in 2020, they need 
a positive, you know, uh, awe-inspiring candidate like they had with Barack Obama in 2008, like they had with uh, Bill Clinton in 1992. And it just can't be. Their their platform cannot be what it was in 2016 no. and that Trump is bad. Uh-uh. There, there has to be, a, you know, other than running against the devil, there has to be another message. There has to be a positive leadership message. And the more they're talking about Trump, whether they realize it or not, the more they are feeding into his narrative. And it can't be Biden. Hey, I wouldn't go there. They, they say he's still undecided. You know, he should have ran in 2016. Yeah. I understand I why what, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And but do I think it would have been too late? I don't know. He he could have maybe still made a pretty good strong run just because based on who he was. Absolutely, he could have. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have done a lot better. Now, than if him. he would have, if he would have been a no experience, no. I mean, I no, probably not. If he wouldn't have had something behind him, but him being the had been the second in command for eight years, yeah, I think he could have gave it a good strong hustle. Oh yeah, and, and uh, Barack was uh, you know popular enough like Reagan was, um, to, to usher in his vice president. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I think he still could have ran, though. But, uh, R. Kelly. Did you see that interview where he lashed out? Yeah, I, I, I caught pieces of it. I saw it last night. <laughs> You think he's guilty uh, or he's innocent? Poor guy. Oh, God, he's guilty. Yeah, so. I think so, too. Yeah. You, you know, the one that struck me while we're kind of on the topic, have, have you guys caught any of that uh, Leaving Neverland? No, I've got to watch it, though, man. Now I've heard so much about it. Yeah. Um, I caught a good bit of it. And uh, now th- th- there's a backstory to this. There's two primary accusers in this documentary. And uh, both of them, I believe, testified in his behalf in 2005. So they're going back on their own uh, testimony that they gave, presumably under oath. Right. So a a lot of critics are really questioning why, you know, why would they do this now? Yeah, I would too. And, uh, yeah, and the, um, the explanation is, as you watch the documentary was that the relationship that they had with Michael Jackson, being that he was so childlike. Uh, He liked to play with toys. He talked in a little voice. He giggled. And uh, uh, because of the fact that that relationship went on for so long, I mean, there was a long time before there was sexual contact. And because of the fact that he was so childlike, that they actually, you know, had almost had feelings for him. And uh, their young minds were confused um, as to what abuse was. You know, they, they were, in, in essence, you know, attracted to him on some level. And, um, you know, they felt a bond with him. They loved him. And, and they, you could tell they still cared about him, even, even in their uh, commentary. So there's a a complex um, psychological dynamic that went on in their minds. And it wasn't until they got much older uh, and, you know, and and could look back as an adult on that time period in their life that they realized that, uh, 
you know, something bad happened to them, that that was something that shouldn't have happened. So that's their explanation. Whether you agree with it or not uh, is another thing. I I can understand part of that. Um, And it's not uncommon to, you know, because of the fact that sexual acts are, by their very nature, you know, tied in with affection a lot of times, um, that that can be very confusing for somebody who's that young and can't process those experiences until they get older. I can see that. sure. Big time. But my question is, how, how much of this is true? That's what you don't know. And, and, and really, the uh, you know, here again, giving both sides of the story, what, what the critics of this say was uh, that they were both cross-examined pretty thoroughly when they defended Michael Jackson in his uh, 2005 suit, when they were character witnesses. And uh, they were cross-examined you know, by professional attorneys, and they did not break. They, they were, you know, very adamant that nothing happened. Hmm. So, you know, who's to say? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I can really untangle that. I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, so I, I, I hope not. I'm a big fan of Michael Jackson, as I've said on oh, here before. Yeah, Music and all. And, uh, yeah, do I think he was a little odd? I mean, was he different from me? Yeah. Does that classify you as odd? Not necessarily. Just different from me. Yeah. He liked to collect some weird stuff that I wouldn't collect. But then again, yeah. I collect some things he probably wouldn't collect. I uh, Here again, I would defend him in that um, I do believe it, 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 he was so famous from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep in mind that this far out, out, out surpasses any type of star we have today. I mean, you take the top ten stars of that you can name today and combine, combine them into one. And Michael yeah, Jackson, even... Michael Jackson was probably uh, you know beyond that. You know, um, and there was a time when they said he was so famous that there was hardly a human being on earth who did not know his name. Yeah, and uh, so that being the case, uh, from such an early age, he was isolated. And, you know, like you were talking about, uh, you know, being in in isolation and what that does to you psychologically. Um, Something happens to you when when you are separated from the rest of society to that degree. And Howard Hughes is another perfect example of that. Another perfect example. Uh, They were prisoners of their own success. And uh, I, I don't doubt that his emotional development was stunted by that childhood that he had when he was a superstar from pretty much you know the earliest times that he can remember um but does that excuse if these uh, allegations are true does that excuse you know some of the things that he did no. um no no it doesn't absolutely not so no. um, i just don't know uh, he did have an odd fascination with children there's no question about that yeah i read an article earlier today that uh so the, it was sometime back in the late 90s, he uh, paid a grocery store to shut down and uh, had it populated with friends and family, like acting as um, workers and okay. uh, shoppers there so that he could experience shopping like a normal person, which I thought yeah. was kind of sad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the yeah. same thing that happened with Elvis. Elvis used to have to uh, rent out whole grocery stores. He'd have to go to the movies. He'd have to rent the whole movie theater out. If he left Graceland, he had to hide in a trunk. And leave inside the trunk of the car 
That way they could get down the road. Once they get down the road, they'd stop, let him out, and let him get in the car. Because if he ever was in the car, they'd mob the car trying to get to him. Yeah. That's how oh, famous God. that man was. I mean, he couldn't go nowhere, dude. I mean, nowhere. I couldn't handle that. So, yeah, I wouldn't like that either. I don't mind a little bit of fame. I wouldn't mind being known, my craft, doing what I'm doing. I don't mind that. But, I don't, but see, I can see where Alec Baldwin's coming from when you're trying to just leave your house and somebody sticks a camera right in your face and starts talking. Yeah, he probably got a fist in that, or that morning, too. I ain't going to lie to you if it had happened to me. Oh, if that kind of thing happened to me every day, there'd be a long trail of broken cameras yeah. left everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to respect privacy. I mean, people say, well, they got what they asked for. Well, you know, no, maybe they didn't get what they asked for, but they just want to have a, you know, have a job that they love doing, and it happens to be a public job as far as on set. But offset. Oh, look at Kurt. Offset. Look at Kurt Cobain. I mean, the yeah. thing that he didn't like is part of what killed him, too. Yeah. I mean, offset. Someone should be entitled to their own life, their own privacy. That's the way. Well, I'm well you know, I would agree. Depending on on what kind of a celebrity you are, now you got to keep in mind that a lot of these celebrities, their value is being able to attract a crowd, especially some of these re- reality TV stars. You know, they get paid big dollars by some of these nightclubs to say they're coming out there. And these nightclubs, you know, pay them big money to show up at these at these clubs and then all the camera and the paparazzi show up and everything. And that's big publicity for the club. Um, well, then how do you turn that off? Um, you know, you, you when you want them to show up, they show up. But, how? OK, when you go somewhere else, you don't want them to show up. Well, you, you can't have it both ways. Right. And somebody like somebody like Alec Baldwin, I don't believe he he does that sort of thing. You know, he probably does want to live his life somewhat as an actor, so to speak, and he doesn't make a spectacle of himself. But I would imagine a lot of these celebrities that do do that are making it, you know, hard on on the rest of them who, uh, you know, just want to live a normal life. And now they're subjected to this beast that has been created now with this uh, paparazzi type of media. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd wear a hijab when I left the house. (laughs) <laughs> I would. I, I don't want that kind of fame, though. The part that Elvis and Elvis, like Michael Jackson had—that's just a little much. That'd be. A, yeah, they, they, they say that uh, Michael Jackson was the last superstar. You had Frank Sinatra coming out of World yeah, War II. Yeah. And and, and then and then you had Elvis Presley. Yeah. And uh, Michael Jackson. He's probably the last superstar as we know them. He's probably the last. Yeah. One. I don't know if we'll see another one in the likes of them in our time. I don't yeah. know. What about Prince? Yeah, Prince was up there, and uh, Madonna, certainly. The 80s had some really big stars, and that era is gone now. You, you really don't have those kind of No, everything's auto-tuned now. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I mean, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Madonna, uh, Prince, there was a couple of others. Uh, George Michael there for a year or two was, was, was the biggest star in the world. And uh, the 1980s was probably the last era that there was those superstars. I mean, there was a few in the 90s. Uh, but now they're, that that era is pretty much gone, yeah. and I, I don't know that if it's because the media is so fragmented now, and you have so much stuff happening online, and there's so many different categories of music now. Well, but, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, music's changed so much. I went to the other day; it's been a week or two ago. I went to the Billboard charts, and I just happened to go down through there and was scrolling through there, and I said, "I'm going to check the rock ones out." So I went to the rock, and I looked at the top forty yeah. or top fifty to this week's top fifty hits for rock music i went down through there dude i didn't see a rock band i like imagine oh, yeah. dragons 
but they're hard pop at best. Yeah, yeah. At best. Yeah. There, there's no question that guitar rock has, has, has kind of disappeared for a while. Uh, but, but to answer your question, Jack, I was, a, I was you know, a young, very young adult in the 1980s. And I can tell you what Michael Jackson did um, was he paved the way for a lot of that superstar era. And he uh, enveloped, I would say, the consciousness of people much more so than anybody else. Uh, a lot of people may have come close to him in, <clears throat> in record sales or concert sales, especially in the United States. But around the world, like I said, he was he 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 dominated everything that he did was was newsworthy. And that was true right up until his death. That, that whole baby dangling thing is a perfect example of that. Yeah. You know, he, he, had, he had the power to influence uh, pop culture in a way that nobody else had. And uh, I, I can tell you that, that that Thriller album dominated my, my senior year in high school. Everybody was talking about Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, yeah. And, oh, yeah, that was, a, it, that was it, a big album. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, enormous. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, like I said, that era of, of that dominant type of record, that era of that dominant type of personality, where he was just constantly in the tabloids, constantly in the newspapers, constantly uh, on all the entertainment programs. He, he was uh, such a part of pop culture that uh, the likes of him, it, it, like I said, it's. I don't know if that can be duplicated in this day and age or not. I, I, just uh, don't. I don't think so, and here's the reason why. A lot of those pop artists nowadays, Especially in the pop art field, pop rock field, and in some of the uh, R&B as a hip hop or hip hop as well, they are producing artists so fast, so quick now, that an artist doesn't have any chance to build any longevity. I mean, yeah. what's hot today in four weeks ain't even hot anymore. You got this next person's yeah. hot. Then four weeks from that, you're gonna have what? Some other jackass gonna come up and be hot. So that's what I'm saying. It, you, I don't think you have the longevity you had back in the '80s. Back in the '80s, you'd have hits that were hits for like 12 weeks straight. Number one, yeah. top of the charts. Well, people have more anymore. choice nowadays too for their entertainment. You know? Yeah. I mean, everything's yeah. more fragmented. And I like oh, you were absolutely. saying, you know, that hard rock is dead. I mean, not necessarily. You just gotta know where to look for it. Yeah. Um, but um. I don't know. It's just. Uh, well, I don't mean I there's like nobody it's... playing it. I just mean oh, as yeah. far as the mainstream, it being real rock anymore. It's not real rock anymore in the mainstream. Well, the thing yeah. is, too, that it used to be the only way you could like really hear any of these new hits was to listen to terrestrial radio. And now that exactly. that's kind of gone the wayside, you yeah. know, it's you, you got to kind of stumble across stuff on the internet or look for it anymore. Then you know, there's well, no central. Um, there's no central like organization pushing anything anymore yeah well you know that's an interesting point um during the 1980s mtv was enormous much more influential than they are today and uh you know to to wait for your favorite artist to come on uh you'd have to sit through you know so many videos and so on and so forth of bands you didn't know so you got exposed to a lot of things that you might not ordinarily. And just like you said, radio, the same thing while you're waiting for your favorite song to come on or waiting you know, for your favorite disc jockey to play the new top 10 song or whatever. You heard songs that you wouldn't ordinarily hear. Now, 
you know, with 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 the accessibility to your favorite songs are instant right in the palm of your hand, you're not exposed to anything other than what you think you already like. Right. Well, some people do use Spotify and SoundCloud and like Pandora radio too. So, I mean, that's not 100% true, but I'd say for the most part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. There's some diversity in, in terms of the things that you're talking about. Uh, but most of the time, if if you really watch people use those services like Spotify and all that, uh, you know, they, they create channels that they like. Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, I don't know that somebody's going to sit through an hour of stuff that they don't like to, to get to their favorite song like they did in the 1980s. And, uh, I, I think that's hurt now. Like, that's one of the reasons why Michael Jackson rose was because of the fact that he was such a crossover artist. He was, ex- you know, he was exposed, uh, the audience, so many different audiences were exposed to him. And I, I don't know that an, uh, that an artist could achieve that today. Well, our attention span today is what five seconds, I think, something like yeah. that. So I mean, what the hell you expect? <laughs> I mean, you got to be yeah. for something to grab you. And nowadays, it, that's why I've always said, I've always stated that you better make an impact, make a uh, a what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah, splash. That yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, make a make yeah, an impression. A, impression. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Quick. Yeah, to, 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 to answer your, you know, the best way I can answer your point, uh, Jack, which is legitimate, is if somebody does want to, to find some new music and try some new things, absolutely they can use Spotify and those things. Uh, but if they don't want to, they're not going to. And what I'm just saying, by default, in the old days of radio, you were going to be exposed to things that you did not hear, that you would not have heard ordinarily. And, uh, you know, the, those types of top 40 DJs who used to do the countdowns and, and do the histories of all the different artists. God, and the histories of days. The, yeah, they're gone. I used to listen to no, Casey nobody's Casey. Gonna have the patience to Nobody's going to have the patience to listen to all that crap now. Yeah. You know, so. People don't, people don't know what they missed. They really don't. The days of listening to Casey Casey, I remember I used, to, I used to listen to him back in the day when I was a kid. But, uh. Yeah, it's a, it's a different era. I mean, people think it's a good era, yeah. it's a better era because we got so many choices, but maybe we got too many damn choices. I mean, it's well, just, yeah, well, it's know, just, it's just like, it's just like news. Well, you know, it's Jesus. just like with news now. It's just like with news now. Uh, there was a time when you had to listen to news that you didn't like. You know, back in the days of Walter Cronkite and those, uh, you know, you would hear the news that you like and you'd hear the news that you didn't like. Right. Okay. And you took them both with equal measure because there was one or two central people who were true journalists, weren't necessarily trying to to chase ratings and and were were providing the news. That was what was so much of behind, uh, you know, the the Vietnam era and so on and so forth. Uh, But now, you know, people watch the news that they like. If they don't like to hear a lot of good things about the president, they're going to watch MSNBC. And and the same with your entertainment now. You know, you're going to. You're going to follow entertainment sources that feeds the interest that you already have. It's not; they're not going to make an attempt to steer you in another direction because that loses them their ratings, that loses them their hits, that loses them their clicks. So, uh, you know, you really have to make an effort to hear music that you don't wouldn't ordinarily listen to. You really have to make an effort to listen to comedians that you may not necessarily listen to. And just like you with news, you know, you have to make an effort to hear the news from several different sources. And most people do not do those things. 
True. They like what they like, and they, they stay in those comfort lanes. This is true. They say about, about everything in life. You stand in the same clothes, don't go outside. Absolutely. It's usually you find people that are the same about everything. Yep. I do want to end with this story. This is all I have time for. But officially now, Dr. Seuss is a racist book. Because two oh percent, oh, it only has two percent of its characters are of color. Aren't all of his characters like multicolored? I don't know, man. I guess because they don't Aren't look they Asian. animals. Yeah, they're they're animals. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, I agree, but. Somehow, I guess because they aren't dark or look Asian, that they're somehow racist. And I will agree with that one guy. And I will agree with that Tucker on Fox about this. He said, there is no art anymore. He said, because you can't be an artist. Yeah. You can't can't be a comedian either. Because you can't say, yeah, you can't be a comedian. You can't be an artist. (laughs) You can't can't be nothing. Because you can't say it. You guys have heard everything about the... uh, the Captain Marvel controversies and all that, right? Yeah. Uh, where she came out and was like, well, I don't want white men watching this movie. And it's like, uh, okay, you idiot. That's only, what, 60% of your audience, if not more? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they would have been coming to see you would have been the reason. Now they don't it's, care. <laughs> it's, it's funny how mental people have gotten over just the silliest crap. Like, Oh, um, uh, yeah. It is. Uh, it's getting ridiculous. That's about all I got. Y'all got anything else? I'm done, man. Eh, not really. Pretty good show, man. Enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back here Monday night. This is Thursday, right? Yeah. Monday night at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time again. Uh, Billy had the show for us. Uh, then we'll be back Tuesday. Well, we won't even get worried about that. But uh, So, uh, that being said, if y'all ain't got nothing else, I'm ready. We're done, man. All right, yep. man. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You too, buddy. It's Ryobi Days at the Home Depot. Buy a Ryobi OnePlus 2-pack battery starter kit for just 99 bucks, and get one of over 20 select Ryobi OnePlus tools up to an $84 value, free. The OnePlus system also fits over 125 other Ryobi tools. So now, going cordless is almost endless. Buy the battery kit, get a free tool. Ryobi Days now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. About through June 19th, limit one per customer while supplies last. See store for details. They always told Will he was too short to play basketball, but Will never listened. Will let his work ethic do the talking for him. Always in the gym, always running drills. Will knew where there was a will, there was a way. And he was Will. But then, after his second child was born, he realized the pros were all way better than him. So Will gave up and buried his high tops in a tearful ceremony. But one day, he heard that Geico could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch, which was awesome. 